0: Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich. I'm the founder here at the Ops Authority and also the author and the creator of the Director of Operations Certification Program. We are heading into episode number 164. Every time I announce those numbers on these podcasts, I kind of get like a like a bunch of emotions. Some of them are just like, whoa, what have we done? Number two, the next emotion is like, oh my goodness, like we have so much more to give. And I thought at the beginning of this, there's no way I would have more than 50 episodes of content. So yay, we're still here and we're jamming. But we're on episode 164 today. And we are doing a spotlight today of a gal who came through our certification a few rounds ago, We're excited to share her journey, and it's one that I think a lot of us need to hear. Not only is it very inspiring, and she shows how she has really taken the certification to use it to her greatest benefit and her needs as to what she is requiring in her life right now but also to be able to show you guys just how diverse the certification can be for you. So our guest today is Kara Malcolm. And before we dive in, I'd love to share her bio with you all. Kara Malcolm is a certified DOO for a women-owned boutique-style real estate team in Lincoln, Nebraska. She is also a small business strategist who is passionate about helping her clients build successful businesses that reflect their values and have a positive impact. Kara ditched her career in teaching and education administration in favor of finding her own way toward time and financial freedom. Realizing that she could leverage her master's in education leadership, she quickly obtained both the OBM and the DOO certifications. As the founder of Evolving Business Solutions, Kara applies her curated system of strategy, values, leadership, and big picture thinking to help small businesses gain clarity, know what steps to take, and have the confidence to move forward with excitement and alignment. She specializes in people operations and loves team culture, training, development, and engagement. Previously leading teams of up to 80, Kara strongly believes in putting people first. When she's not empowering her team members, tracking metrics, establishing foundational systems for her real estate team, or empowering small business owners, you can find this recovering overachiever volunteering with her kids' activities. And racing from volleyball to baseball, a woman after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> Karate to Girl Scouts. When life does manage to slow down, you'll find Kara with the sun on her face, exploring new trails, kayaking, or building knockoff pottery barn furniture in her garage or workshop. I kind of love that last I mean, I love it all, but that last piece is like, ooh, that's another side of Kara. I don't know. So welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for
1: having me. That was a <laughs> lot. <laughs>
0: I'm so glad that you're here. I know we've been in the works for a while to record this episode. And when I think of spotlighting different students, everybody has a different story. Everybody that we meet on this journey is at a different place. They're looking for different things. And when your name popped up, not only as just a star student and having achieved all of the milestones here in our in the experience that we were able to share together, your journey was one that I won't forget because it was, I would just say it happened on purpose. It's not the journey that you thought you were going to be on, but the result is something that is really fulfilling to you right now. And it's been really cool and an honor to watch you fall into that. Some of it on purpose and some of it by happenstance, which is hello life. So (laughs) super glad to be able to share that story with all of the listeners here today. So I read your bio and that really highlights kind of where you are today, but take the listeners back to who Kara was as a professional pre-OBM and DOO certification.
1: Okay. Well, I was a special education teacher. I was working with kids who were birth to five and it was a very niche part of public education. And I did that for a number of years at a classroom and then was also doing some home visiting. I will not forget My very first year of teaching, I was introduced to a coaching framework that we used in our work with parents. And so I was a teacher, but I was really working with adult learners in helping build their capacity and helping them feel confident in advocating for their young children, often with multiple delays. So I did that. And then I had an amazing mentor who kind of put the bug in my ear that I needed to look into leadership. And I was very grateful for her. And so I did. I got my master's during a very crazy time in my life where I had a baby and my husband lost his job and we moved cities and all kinds of things. Yes. So I did that and got my master's and then was a administrator in Lincoln here for the second largest early childhood program in Nebraska.
0: Nice. Nice. So And I can easily see that leadership you do. I actually, just thinking about what you just shared with the combination of leadership plus the patience it takes. I have also worked in special education very early in my career, actually my first job out of college. And the patience along with the leadership is a blessing that I'm sure just never leaves you. And it doesn't really matter who you were working with at the time, whether it's students or or their parents or business owners, right? We all require that and- yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful combination of skills. So. so, then what took you out of the teaching space and uh,
1: that space? Uh, politics and education, we'll just say that much. Yeah, I think I was maybe a little naive. <laughs> it was not necessarily the experience I had dreamt of. I found myself working 60, 70 hours a week, mm-hmm. I had my second child at the time, and was receiving 200 plus emails a day that my director wanted me to respond to every single day. And so it was just very draining. My husband was a, still is a district manager for a cell phone company. And so he travels the state very frequently. And so I'm home alone with two babies and trying to figure out how to make it all work. Yeah. And we, we needed to change.
0: <laughs> yeah, those the years of working over 40 hours. I mean, I think, I mean, as we all know, the U.S. is just one of those economies where somehow working 40 hours a week has become like the standard or the norm for full time. When indeed, I mean, we can have a whole other conversation on the necessity of that. But I, I just don't believe that we especially at where we are and being women and mothers and wives and, you know, tending to our homes and all the other hats that we wear. I mean, working 60 hours a week is just not going to cut the cookie. Honestly, (laughs) it shouldn't cut the cookie for anybody, no matter what your responsibilities are. But yeah, I'm glad that you were able to just, There had to be something that just drew that line for you, where if you're like me, there was something in the back of my head that was just like, I cannot keep doing this. This is just not the way I want to live. And then, you know, through circumstance, you finally draw that line. It's a scary line to draw. And when you hop over it, the grass is greener (laughs) to come back to that old adage, you know, the grass was greener for me. And of course there's, it's not always green. Sometimes, you know, we, we run across some dry patches, which, bring in some insecurities and whatnot. And as we kind of build off of where you have been, you know, I'm interested to see how you came across the OBM certification because I think you were doing the OBM certification before you came to us. Mm -hmm. So what kind of took you from where you were into being a business owner and looking at operational,
1: you you know, using those operational skills? Yeah, so I left education and actually thought... (laughs) I thought that I would be a stay-at-home mom, honestly. And I did that for a (laughs) summer and my kids went back to school and they were, I mean, my son was in preschool or in childcare at the time, but my daughter was in school and I learned very quickly that that's a very respecting kind of job. I admire people who are stay-at-home moms very much, but I just am called to do other things too. Mm -hmm. And so I... Decided I was going to build this business online and started offering whatever I thought I could offer at the time. So Mm -hmm. I ran up against some mindset things, obviously, but I was doing some virtual assistant work. I was working with a a magazine and I was doing their content. I was doing the editing, honestly, of the magazine. I was doing just a, a wide variety of things, coordinating ads. I was doing some just very basic VA kind of work. And I ran into a client who, and it always is funny to me because someone else generally has been the one to point it out. And, and it always feels off, but I don't like actually realize what's happening until someone else is like, Hey, you know, you're not meant to be a VA. <laughs> and that's, that's what had happened. I was working with a client who is an executive coach And she was out of somewhere on the East coast. We were working together and she's like, Hey, I really feel like your skills are up leveled. And I'm like, well, that would make sense. I have a master's in educational leadership. Like Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And so from there, I just started looking. I'm pretty as most people are in the operations space, pretty good at research, pretty good at finding information. And so I found the OBM certification and jumped on that pretty quickly, went through that. And then once that wrapped up, I was still left with questions and found a number of my cohort members had joined the D.O.O. program. And so then I just kind of sat back and watched for a while, honestly.
0: I remember when your application came through and some of the questions that you had asked, you know, just what is the difference and all of that good stuff. So I'm grateful that the journey led you here. One question I have as you're talking about this, and and I'm assuming some of the listeners may have the same thing, especially if they aren't already DOOs, but Thinking of all of those skills and gifts that you have used over your career and seeing that you make a substantially, what feels at the time, probably like a really big shift from, you know, being in that learning and education space and hopping over into building your own business, leveraging those operator type skills. Now let's just talk about like the term operator is nothing I would have ever used to describe myself actually until i left corporate it wasn't until i started to put together packages and try to articulate what my gifts were and my gifts were in project management and in people leadership and so as i was kind of like perusing through here i was like what does that look like i mean i've got a business degree i i just never used the term operations and you know now looking back it makes all the sense in the world but for you in your journey kind of what skills do you see from the kara even as a young child and up until you're in this leadership role what are the skills and gifts that you saw that made you believe that moving into becoming an operator by leveraging the obm and the do certification that those skills equipped you to make that move it's funny that you
1: say that so as a small child wanting to become a teacher like i've got the the details, the organization, the planning, everything out. That was kind of insta who, who mm-hmm. I am. And I don't think I would have called anything I was doing at the time an education and even post education operations until I came across the certification and really felt like, oh my gosh, this is definitely me. But project management, I would not have called myself a project manager either, but yet. I was the one planning parties. I was the one planning an entire year's worth of lessons back before the district, you know, made you do certain things a little Mm -hmm. more. Um, Formally. (laughs) Yeah, formally, yeah. It was a little bit before those days that I'm probably dating myself now. But just, yeah, the detail, the organization, the planning, the, what you said about team. Mm -hmm. I love team culture. I love the back to education, the training pieces, that's my love. Mm -hmm. And coming into a space like the, your community before the certification, I really felt like, I really felt like I was seen, (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like, this is the, this is the place for me. I did not have a doubt.
0: Good. Awesome. So you had mentioned that you made the jump into the DOO certification after the OBM experience that you had. Do you remember what you were specifically looking for when you said, you know what, I need a more training? Cuz I know we're we are apt. I mean, we are inclined to train and train and train. And I think that's because we're so curious, we love to learn, but at the same time, it also gives us a reason not to take action. Which operators are really good at taking action in other people's businesses, but as far as taking care of ourselves, we will put it on the back burner and I am Preaching to the choir and myself right now. So, what were you looking for? What gap were you looking to fill by coming into the certification?
1: When I wrapped up the OBM certification, I was working with a few retainer clients and was still very deep in implementation. And, like, I can hang in implementation, like, I can do those things. It's just those are not the things that brought me joy. I really preferred the high-level partnership, the strategic kind of partnership with the client. And while I was doing some of that, I didn't really feel confident in that space per se. And so some of the things I came out of the certification with, the OBM certification with, was an overlap, honestly, of my master's. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, knowledge about leadership and that kind of thing. And I had a lot of questions and I felt very overwhelmed because it was, and this might be self-imposed, but I felt like I had to be everyone. I had to be everything to everyone. And I think in the implementation space, especially with OBMs where it's just very vague, what is an OBM? What do they do? Unless you're very, very, very niched, it's easy to find yourself in a client relationship where they expect a unicorn Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you have to wear all of these hats. And I wasn't comfortable trying to master all of this available tech and everything's always changing. And I I just felt like I was, and again, maybe self-imposed, but I felt like I was continually coming up short.
0: Yeah. I, I, oh man, it takes me down to when I was really trying to please everybody, right. I had left corporate. I needed to fill, you know, the income that our family needed. And so, I started using my project management skills and before you know it, you know, scope creep happens and and I'm like, Oh, I need to get into the weeds and start doing all of these things. Well, I have not, I mean, my corporate experience did not require any kind of technical skill like the online space and using digital marketing does. So, you know, I was learning on the weekends and I, I just still remember it would be Friday and I would be excited because I would have to turn back around I wouldn't have client work over the weekend right the expectation is I wasn't going to be present but I was still working just as many hours on the weekend trying to learn these tech skills and I remember one day my husband was just like, nat like I mean I am not techie and I remember him being like, what are you doing that for Do you only work with people that command that that make you do both of those and I that was kind of like a just a moment where I was like, ooh, I'm being everything to everybody. Like, this is the last thing I want as I'm rebuilding who Natalie, you know, 3.0 is going to look like. And here I am, you know, opening myself up to bad habits and. That was a big, big, big shock for me. And it was so validating to hear somebody else say it. So especially my husband, who knows Natalie (laughs) uh, 0.0 and 10.0. So (laughs) he knows all versions of me. And so when he called me on that, I was like, ooh. The other thing that I thought about when you were talking is as we're making that change from who we are to the next version of us, there is something inside of us that I have experiences as well where we go to the lowest common denominator, which means we go to a place of comfort. We go to a place of productivity where we think we can be valued and productive. And all of a sudden we're offering, like we just said, everything which makes us a generalist. And there's nothing wrong, but we do have the ability to be a generalist or a specialist. And in your case, I remember when you joined right away, I was like, oh, this chick is all over HR. Like she needs to go far and deep and and own the HR discipline, which means that you're specializing in one facet or one discipline of operations. And all of us have that gift, right? And I think that when we open ourselves to being generalist, our boundaries have to be very, very, very strong if that's the space that you want to stay. And I personally stayed in it as a generalist in the operation space for four years. And I, it took me really, really having strong, I'm, I'm telling you, like repeatedly strengthening my boundaries, articulating my boundaries. And, and we have a whole training on scope creep that's coming up that will, you know, go over that. But it took that. So when you become a specialist, there is something very, very empowering about that because you just by nature and of what you do, you give yourself a container to sit in. And so that's my interpretation of what you were kind of going through when you're doing all the things, you know, for your client. And then thank goodness for the client who spoke up and who said, you know what, I see a different Kara. Kara showing up as the lowest comp. In different words, but Mm Kara showing up as the lowest common denominator and the gift that she gave you was empowering you to look forward and say, you know what? She's right. Somebody else who had belief in you just really caused you to do a little bit more research and, and go for it. So I'm grateful for her today
1: or him. It's been, well, thank you. You mentioned scope creep and that's actually what brought me into the certification. Cool. And I'm sure I'm jumping, but it was... I was really struggling with boundaries with one client. And mm-hmm. so I jumped into that at the time. I'm not sure. But at the time it was a sprint. And mm-hmm. it was within a couple of days. I'm like, yep. Yeah. That's exactly what I need.
0: Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's one of those things and it's one of those things that never goes away, to be honest. I mean, I I'd love to say that we have the magic bullet that makes it go away forever, but we are humans and we are servant hearted. And so those two things just get in the way of having the absolute scope creep is never going to happen here. So awesome. Kara, let's talk about like when you came into the certification, you were building your business as we've been kind of talking about. So let's talk about the shift that I'm excited to share with, with the listeners today. So talk about what that journey has looked like for you. Okay. So yes,
1: when I came into the certification, I was building my own business and was working still with some retainer clients. But then also, as we move through the certification, we are encouraged to... And not that that can be the only track, but encouraged to pick what your focus is going to be because you can't really focus on everything. It took me a long time to wrap my head around... Moving away from that comfort of retainer and into what I wanted to do, which was offer more project-based work because it afforded me the kinds of things personally and with my family that I was looking for. Things like being able to be a little more creative with my time. Things Mm -hmm. like being able to increase my revenue whenever I wanted to and not be locked into the monthly retainer kind of revenue. You kind of end up at a place with retainer where you can't really offer anymore without taking you down. And this is one that was my experience where, you know, I already worked that life where I was working 60 hours a week. And I know what that did for myself and my family. I didn't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. And so I pivoted a little bit and I did fall into that HR space, which was super exciting. And really, I am so jazzed about, about teams and onboarding and hiring. I love hiring, but I really find that a lot of people in business will hire and then feel like their job is done. Mm -hmm. And then people are kind of left hanging. And then at least in my experience, then business owners are quick to point fingers at that new hire when you didn't really set them up for success. So that's my love onboarding and training and and that kind of thing. But back to your original question, shifted into project management, offering some onboarding, some hiring, some HR kinds of packages. And at the time I was working with a client who, in a retainer, and our relationship started as, I believe he brought me in to. Be a tech trainer because I have experience in his industry. Mm-hmm. And so I came in and did that and quickly realized that there were a lot of other things that I could jump into in this business too. So I ended up mid-certification pitching a DOO position, wrote my own job description. And it was kind of a shining moment for me because that's at the point where I had my return on investment. Mm-hmm. So. That experience was great in that it really allowed me to up level to, you know, where I, where I was headed with the certification too. But then I realized very quickly the values were not there and I continually felt feelings that I couldn't quite put my finger on. But then I realized very quickly that we were not at all in alignment with values. Where that led me was to find, find a good fit. So that
0: takes us through the certification. You've up leveled yourself. He is seeing value. You're doing higher level work. You, of course, having that return on investment is a big thing to you. It's also a very big thing to us because, you know, it's never easy to exchange money. And so when you can get your value back from it, I think it's a really good, you know, big win or a big check mark for us independently of that, you're sailing along and then, you know, you, you start to feel that values misalignment, which is, it's destructive. I mean, I, we've all been there and it is, it's one of those things that you kind of fight with yourself because you're doing really good work. And at the same time, you're like, but it's not the right place for me to do this work. And so sounds like you came to that moment and needed to make a shift. What happened after that?
1: It was very random that I found a posting for a, my current real estate team and it had already closed and I reached out to them anyway and we met for coffee and I almost cried during the meeting because it was such a different experience. The fit, like it just was a great values fit and The certification taught me how to vet those potential clients. Mm -hmm. And so I could tell very quickly that this would be a very different experience for me. I also knew going into, like I said before, like we're good at research, right? So as I was doing research on this company, I knew that they were looking for an employee, which was not something that I was interested in necessarily up until that point. But once we started doing some discussion about what that could look like, they had an open mind and I went for it. Hmm. And it's been great. I feel like they've, honestly, Natalie, I don't feel like other than the tax burden, I don't feel like there's been any difference. Yes.
0: Yes. I, ooh, I can't wait to dive into this. So Kara went from working online and working as a you know, as a project manager in in shorter capacities, expanding that into a retainer, but in the online space as an independent contractor and through happenstance and probably a lot of divine intervention, she sees an opportunity, something local to her. And I don't think you brought that up, but that's, I think that's a really cool piece of this. You know, when you look in your own backyard, all of a sudden, I mean, there are operator opportunities everywhere. I know I have to do a decent amount of convincing people of this, but <laughs> every company needs an operator. It's just, if you're the right one. So in her backyard, in her hometown, where she's at right now, she sees an opportunity. And it's not only an opportunity, but it's the opposite of what she had been looking for up until this time, right? Because she, like me, carries that baggage of emotions that is attached to an employee role, like, you know, to be back as a W 9 inside of somebody else's company. And I want to chat with you a little bit about this because we are at a different place and all of those who are listening today, like we are at a different place. You know, I think about when I was coming into my professional career, gulp 20 years ago, <laughs> no more than that, but you know, out of college and looking for my first job, even my third job and my fourth job decades ago, that sounds so old. I hate saying that, but that's <laughs> the darn truth. <laughs> we as the class of employees were just victim to whatever they had open, right? And so it was like, if they needed us to work 60 hours a week so that we could be a shining star, you know what, you would find the right suckers, people who had a lot of high achievement inside of them, people who wanted to do well for themselves. And people like Kara and I, probably you that are listening today, would sacrifice external pleasure and external you know, hobbies and gifts and talents and time and freedom and all of those things. To be a high achiever at work, and the tides are a changing. What you said, Kara, just really hit me because you know she shares with us today how she was able to vet this company. It is different. I believe back when I was looking for employment roles, it was the exact opposite. They needed a butt in a seat, and I was willing to do it kind of going in blindly and putting myself last because I had other needs like you know like money or whatever that needed to be fulfilled and I just think across the board we see lots of directors of operations who have no expectation of ever going back into an employee role but they find a fit that is just so strong so good that they are able to vet instead of the company vetting you it's a mutual agreement. And walking into relationships, no matter what they are, personal or professional, where there's a mutual agreement, is just a heck of a lot of a healthier space to be. So I'm not surprised because the DOOs who do fall into this path, completely unexpected, most of the time never prescribed, but it's because the connection is so good. It's such a welcoming and an easy place to be that it becomes a heck yes. And without ever having thought that they would be there. So I know that you had mentioned that the values piece just felt good and then vetting them up front felt good. What kind of role were they looking
1: for? They were looking for I mean it was advertised as a director of operations. Oh, it was. Okay, oh, yes. good. Good. And so um, I felt very confident in going into that. The one thing with this particular company and with the employment <laughs> I am a team of one at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I knew that coming in. So they were intentional in hiring a director of operations who could then hire their team. And they've got a lot of growth that we're experiencing at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I came into that role knowing that I would be coming into implementation more than I wanted to. But what I'm able to see from being forward enough of a thinker and, you know, being in involved in those strategic conversations, I know where we're headed. I know we're headed to a place where I get to establish these systems and these foundational things in this business and then turn around and make them duplicatable and train on them. And so those are the things that I'm that's the role that I'm playing right now is more hybrid, honestly, mm-hmm. more hybrid than I probably wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But knowing um, the values fit is there. It's like, I'm willing to do these other things too, because then I can assure <laughs> that the training is done in a way that I know will be successful. Yeah. So the
0: values that you have that are important to you that are shining through, obviously you're doing the work that you're great at, but it sounds like you have more time freedom. Are you working remote yet? For a Um, local company?
1: It's a little hybrid, honestly. So it started in person quite a bit. And then you've kind of relaxed as time has gone by. I think that's trust, honestly. And then um, when you're local, it's a little bit different too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Time commitment-wise, how much time are you dedicating each week?
1: I have about 30 hours for them, which allows me some flexibility and offering some other things too. Great. Some other strategic kinds of things. Did they have any problem with
0: you doing that?
1: No, as long as um, our conversations have been pretty informal, but they've been, as long as I'm not in the same industry, like it's not, it's not an issue. Yeah,
0: That's another thing touching on the employment thing today. You know, employers cannot demand what they used to be able to demand, which is, you know, It's just a different day and age. So seeing a business model like yours where you can be an employee and at the same time still have projects on the side as you are willing, as you want. Of course, they can't, you know, a lot of times there's a non-compete and stuff like that, which makes total sense from a business perspective, but you still have the opportunity to add those in for extra, whatever it may be, extra money, or just because you like doing, you come across a project that you really like, you don't have to say no.
1: I really love working with small business. And mm-hmm. I grew up, my parents owned a small business. Yeah. And it's, I really, really love doing strategic work with them. And mm-hmm. it's kind of an area too, where I feel like we're not, when we go through certification, I think a lot of people think, you know, six, seven, eight bigger mm-hmm. businesses, but even the smaller business still needs pieces of, you know, what we can offer. So I love working with small business and it really allows me. I mean, life, as you know, it like ebbs and flows and there are certain seasons of my life that I don't dare offer strategic (laughs) work or project work because I 30 hours and I'm tapped out. But then there are other seasons too, or it's like, okay, like I've got some bandwidth and I really would love to dive in The
0: The content from the certification, what from that content that you learned, what have you put inside of this company's
1: opportunity that you have filled? Yeah, so strategic mapping has fundamentally changed my entire business. Good. Not just their Good. business, but my business. It was one of the things the certification encourages us mm-hmm. to do is to put ourselves through that as a business owner. And so it was eye opening to me and also allowed me <laughs> to think of my own business like a business because I think we miss certain pieces as we are working in other people's business. Oh yeah, we still have one of our own. So strategic mapping has always been the foundation, but a lot of the HR things, we're not quite ready for those. Although they've helped me out personally Mm -hmm. in my business, I'm not necessarily applying those at this point other than putting some procedures and things in place for the future. What has been super helpful, KPIs, metrics, super helpful the framework for tracking those and just the communication pieces. Um, I love to hear it. I'm always
0: curious because we touch on eight different disciplines inside. I mean, five of them are the hard disciplines. Three of them are the soft being mindset leadership and communication. So the other ones are the ones that we see coming in, you know, the strategic mapping, HR, project management, that pe- those pieces, but every business needs something different because every culture, every business mm-hmm. builds a team a different way. And so you being a team of one, it makes sense. You're going to have to slowly integrate these in because they may not need all of them, right? Like HR, nice. they, they probably need some pieces of HR because it doesn't matter if you're a team of one or a team of 20, you've got to have, you know, some HR, but like, when they go through the growth piece that's when the hiring and the culture building and all of that good stuff that I know you're going to be so excited to deliver because that has that is your gift. As you're talking today it's been a while since we have been in the certification but I can remember everything from your application to <laughs> what a good student you were like you were going through like as soon as it was released you were going through you were learning the modules you were doing all of that and then the ups and the the opportunities that we had to celebrate when you had successes come across. So I love just reconnecting with with you today. And then also hearing the journey. I I really wanted, like I said at the beginning, when I saw your name as I was reviewing our past students, I was like, oh, let's get Kara on here because of your journey. And it's a unique journey. It's one that, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to take a certain path forward. And I mean, I, I definitely know that that we put ourselves in, in our own box at times and we say, well, this is what we want. Kara wants to go on the project path. And I also remember how hard it was for you to pick a path between rotator and project. <laughs> but you know, you declare that and when the opportunities come up, if you're not open and if it's not the right time and the right fit you may miss some really, really great opportunities. So I want to commend you for seeing the opportunity in front of you and for, be, for being willing and giving yourself permission to, to hop into something new because it's really serving you right now, right? Like your babies are in school, they're just today, they're heading back into school. Yes. You've got the flexibility to be able to do that. You know, I see you working here from your home office. You know, you've got some flexibility and it elates me to see that that this has been a compliment to the amazing person and the skills that you naturally had, whether you had the certification or not, you had a lot of gifts. I just, I believe that our partnership together has come at the right time for Kara to be able to find new and better opportunities. So I'm so grateful for you to be in this community and then also just seeing your journey and and how fruitful it's been. And, And I look forward to the next version of Kara, whatever that may be serving, whether that's serving in a higher capacity in this current company or Find who knows? I mean, we just, we never know what lies ahead, but I'm very proud of, of what you've done and how you have served and been honest and true to yourself as you have figured out what the next thing is for you. Any parting words you would like to leave with the listeners today on just that employee path, like kind of falling into that and being open to it,
1: maybe? I would just encourage people to trust their instincts and keep an open mind like you just said, like I came in kind of with an idea of what it would look like for me. And the more that you can keep an open mind, the better. I will say one of the great things about the certification program was the accountability advisors that were within the program. So I had an amazing gal that I was able to lean on and who I was able to just process this stuff without loud. And it was super, super helpful. And I don't know if I would have even post certification. Like I jumped into Voxer before I took this position and reached back out to her because she does work in an employment capacity. And so I reached out to her and I'm like, hey, am am I silly to Mm -hmm. be looking into this? Like tell me more about your experience. And so it was really nice to be able to, you know, just get that perspective from someone else who'd been through the certification too. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. They
0: they do. I always say they do God's work, right? Like they put their hearts out there and they also are just, they embody whoever they are partnering with to really individualize. I mean, that's one of our big core values here from the certifications perspective is making sure that we're not creating a cookie cutter culture, but we want Kara's results to reflect what Kara's heart and what her goals are. It's not going to be the same as mine, Lynette's or anybody else. Like it's got to be something that fits you and, and we want to be different that way, which means that we have, you know, I personally have to make a greater investment in my team to make sure that we do that. Because if I told you this is the one prescriptive way that all DOOs are going to look, do, feel and work on the outside of this, we would have a lot of people that would probably be disgruntled over time because it doesn't fit them. It doesn't fit their values. It's not individualized. And that's, I guess, a we could, you know, button it up into one word. It's creating an individualized experience. And hey, thank you for leveraging the accountability advisors because they've got big work to do, but not everybody who comes in here is ready to partner with somebody. But I mean, I love having somebody, whether it's a friend, account, whoever it is, and, and they do feel like friends, but having somebody to bounce these these professional conversations with because I mean, we need that. It's like a form of therapy and, and leadership and communication all in one. So thank you for giving her a little shout out. That's, that's very special.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Alrighty, friends. Well, we are going to wrap up. Thank you for hanging out. And ladies, we will be back here next week with a really cool episode. We are going to be unlocking and loading a brand new certification experience here in round 16. So next week, I'll be coming in and sharing with you guys all about the changes from what we're calling DOO 1.0 to the DOO 2.0. So I'm, you guys tune in next week to hear all about that. And we will see you guys very soon. Kara, thank
1: you so much for being here, dear. Thank you so much for having me.